0: Hello and welcome to the first ever Gucci podcast. This is a new channel for Gucci. And here we are going to speak to the talented minds who collaborate with creative director Alessandro Michele. These creators are an eclectic group of artists, illustrators, directors, photographers and musicians. We are starting off the series with a special project because it combines Gucci's past with its present. We are talking about the Gucci garden, which is a gallery, a shop and a restaurant that opened earlier this year in Florence, Italy. Walking us through the gallery is its curator, Maria Luisa Frisa. The fashion and arts professor is behind the look of the gallery's five rooms, putting pieces from Gucci's nearly 100-year-old archive together with Alessandro's work. The room that best shows this melding of the house's history and future is called Guccification. Maria Luisa Frisa steps inside and interviews some of the artists behind the work displayed here. These artists were invited by Alessandro for a contemporary spin on the famous symbols of Gucci. Maria Luisa, who is translated from Italian in this episode, speaks first to Trevor Andrew, who tells her how his character, Gucci Ghost, came to life. She also interviews artists Ignasi Monreal, Coco Capitan and John Yui, who have been in the spotlight for their work with the brand.
1: This is the first episode in a series of podcasts dedicated to the Gucci Garden in Florence, allowing people to imagine exactly what this space is a special experimental space, a courageous space, where there are many visions that form part of a complex imagination. My name is Maria Luisa Frisa and I'm the curator of what is called the Gucci Garden Galleria. I'm also a fashion critic, a scholar and I run the fashion and multimedia arts programme at the IUAV University of Venice. The Gucci Garden Galleria is made up of six rooms that try to tell, that want to tell the story of Gucci. This is a journey through the archives of one of the most significant brands, not just in Italian fashion, but in global fashion. What I'd like to talk about in terms of the Gucci Garden is how the idea came about to build a Gucci Garden Galleria, which could be in the memory of Gucci, its history, but also its present, which could be, and this is very important to me, the occasion to look at the past to better understand the present, the present of a brand like Gucci that at this moment is surely the brand that best interprets the spirit of our time through its creative director, Alessandro Michele. In its design, Gucci Garden is a phantasmagoria. It's a place made of many experiences, of many spaces that communicate something different. I immediately thought of the staging of fashion exhibits in which there's an absolute need to use tools that allow you to both highlight and protect the clothes. Because clothes are very delicate and fragile objects, and they need to be handled with extreme care, especially when they aren't being worn on the body. I thought that the right idea in order to be in line with Gucci Garden was to get inspired by the cabinets of Victorian museums of natural history. So, a series of glass display cases in black ebony were designed where the distinctive element could be the legs. It was a bit of a challenge to build these elements, which could both frame and support the various mannequins, abstract mannequins, that may certainly evoke metaphysical mannequins without a specific identity. In this case, they don't even have legs, they're busts that must first and foremost enhance the garment, the clothing that they're wearing. The gucci room is a sort of manifesto, also of the working method I continued within the Gucci Galleria. It's a room I'm very attached to because it stages elements of history and of the present. But it's very interesting because these different garments these different objects converse with each other. Then, in the display, there are also some other elements. On one wall, there's a large mural created by Trevor Andrew. And then on another wall, there are all the different collaborations mixed together from Gucci Graham or from other series published on social media, with the ever-present desire to keep time together. Because fashion... I think it's always important to remember this is cyclical. It's a system that always uses the past in order to define and build the present. It was precisely the recent collaborations of artists with Alessandro Michele that helped me create the gucci room. Artists that have used the logo in a completely different way. They've turned it into graffiti, writing, or images. There's Trevor Andrew, who gave shape to the project called Gucci Ghost. There's Ignace Monreal, who illustrated the whimsical advertising campaign of one of the most recent collections. There's Coco Capitan, who, with her poetic yet tough writing, has left a mark on ready-to-wear pieces and accessories from fall-winter 2017. And there's John Yui, who, with her work, was the protagonist of some memes in the TFW Gucci that Feel When Gucci project. Trevor Andrew, whose Instagram handle is at TroubleAndrew, who was selected precisely because he is a Gucci lover. In his work as a writer and artist, spreading his creations across spaces and walls, he often repeats the G freely, combining it with other symbols, ranging from UFOs to fried eggs, ghosts, skulls and more. Hi, Trevor. Could you tell us how the idea of Gucci Ghost came to be?
2: Uh, Gucci Ghost, I guess, started with um, a Halloween costume, really. I had no, no Halloween costume. I had some Gucci fabric that I found in the Philippines when I was DJing and brought it home and cut some eye holes in it and went and skated around New York. And Then from there on, just from how people responded to it, I started drawing it. And from there, I started painting and transforming my whole world into Gucci land, you know. It's been almost four years now um, from its very beginning, um, this Gucci ghost collection. And it was really just came out of a place of me, I think, almost feeling like a ghost in a sense or invisible or maybe that like... I just wanted to really uh, do something that was fun and that, that made people react.
1: I'd really be interested to know what the key words are that describe your work.
2: I would say the key words that describe my style would be um, raw, stripped down, fun. You know, I like to keep things somewhat simple, but I put a lot of thought into them at the same time. But yeah, I would mostly just say raw and, and stripped down, because I, I think that the world and, and everything is just, there's so much stuff in the world that's so, like, overproduced and shiny and pretty and perfect, and I like to kind of peel a little of that away and, and um, make it feel a little more real, you know, and relatable.
1: What are your cultural and artistic references, as well as your non-cultural and non-artistic references?
2: First, just I think as an artist and as a person and uh, having the ability to grow, I think has really come a lot through traveling. I'm from Nova Scotia and just getting out in the world, you know, and I think that that's what really attracted me to New York City was it just seemed like the whole world in one city and I could just reach everything and just always find inspiration. You know, I think that that's like my goal in life is just to be able to continue to be able to travel and make art, you know. And I I guess I pull influences from a lot of different places. A lot of them are like memories, you know, things that affected me as a kid, you know, that I grew up on, cartoons and toys and skateboarding was a huge, made a huge impact in my life.
1: Thank you for being here with us today, Trevor.
2: Thanks for having me. Super nice to be here on the first Gucci podcast.
1: Ignasi will speak directly about his experience. He's very young, but he has a technique and an expertise just like the old masters. So much so that he continuously alludes to them in his work, transforming it and making it sort of a contemporary dream full of references where the work of the old masters and classical paintings can be discovered. Ignacy, Ignacy, tell me about your collaboration with Gucci.
3: My collaboration with Gucci started a few years ago with um, the Gucci Gram project, which there were a couple of small animations, uh, the GIFs, and then eventually led to bigger projects. The holiday campaign recently and now just launched the Spring Summer 18 campaign, which was amazing, of course. And um, yeah, it's been an unexpected and very happy and interesting and incredible journey, really. So Spring Summer 18 campaign, it's a very special project, both because of its scale, obviously, but um, its meaning, at least for me, because it was an excuse to create a love letter to painting itself. So there's a lot of references to beautiful paintings that um, inspired me and obviously Alessandro. And uh, it is a great um, opportunity and platform to kind of bring the craft of painting and illustrating back on the scene, which kind of seemed a bit lost in there. Not lost, but like on a second place, you know. And that's why it was a beautiful experience working on it. I'm really looking forward to seeing it out there. And hopefully, hopefully it... um, makes other people start believing in illustration again, which was always there and it's very special.
1: How do your extraordinary images take shape?
3: My work is um, digital painting, which is um, painting, but it's done with a computer. Um, I normally work with a tablet and Photoshop and I have like a custom set of brushes. It's really similar in a way to the like traditional painting, obviously. I mean, there's a big difference in terms of the medium, but the process of creating is very similar. It's also surrealist, but like in surrealism, you need realism to introduce surrealism. So that's why there's like a basis, like, you know, based on on things that are like, that feel and look real in the painting, rather than idealised and stylized.
1: I always ask this question, what are your cultural and artistic references, as well as your non-cultural and non-artistic references?
3: So there's... A lot of references in the work but it's also anecdotes and like small things that I learned in the process of doing it especially with the trips I did to Italy one that I particularly like and um and it really resonated among the the Gucci staff, which I guess it was that means it was a successful artwork. It was the one with the unicorn parked in the parking lot. And that is a it's a funny story because they had recently moved to to the Gucci hub, which is in Mecenate, in the outskirts of Milan near the airport. So it made the commute to the office a bit more, let's say complicated. So while I was outside, uh, I went outside to have a a quick break and then I saw the parking lot and I thought like, wouldn't it be, you know, obviously wouldn't it be amazing to have like a flying horse to get here and you can jump traffic here and that's how this story happened and uh, it was nice because then once the people that worked there saw the artworks of, of the Gucci hub, they came over and said, look, I never really looked at this space like this. So it's it's good to change the perception. I guess that's what makes a, a piece of work successful, because it makes you look at things in a new, different way, with a new perspective. In the holiday campaign, the starting point was uh, Italian Renaissance, because the, the cruise show was in, in Palazzo Pitti in Florence. But obviously it's Gucci, so it's not never just one reference. It's a very, I guess the word is eclectic brand. So I wanted to keep it very eclectic and always different. I didn't want it to look like a traditional catalogue. I wanted it to be something special. So I wanted to get some storytelling. And obviously the best sort of storytelling was mythology in this case, um, Greek mythology, which inspired most of like Italian Renaissance. Also kind of merged mythology with reality, the reality of creating this project, if that makes sense.
1: You're still very young. How do you imagine the future?
3: I imagine my future, I hope it's bright and happy. (laughs) No, but work-wise, I spent a long time in front of a screen and now I'm looking forward to going back to something more analogue and getting dirty because I like my roots and my training was in, in traditional painting and also other forms of like even sculpture.
1: Another partner on this adventure is Coco Capitan, a Spanish artist who frequently uses writing. For her, it's a form of declaration, of manifesto, of poetry, of desire, of refusal. She's not afraid to cross things out and write on top. It's very, very interesting. You use both words and images, Coco. Could you please explain to us the value that these two forms of expression have to you?
4: I grew up in the south of Spain, and since uh, I was a child, I had these notebooks I carry around with me. It used to be, it used to have the form of a diary, more than an art piece as it is today, or uh, poetry. I used to love to write stories. I will write stories about Anything and will participate in school competitions and things like that. Um, when I started to do photography and involve myself in a more visual language, I continued to write, but I felt my literature or my written prose was completely ignored because I didn't have a way to share it with other people. I feel I belong to a generation in which visual language uh, for the first time has almost, wouldn't say eradicated, but has torn um, completely the way in which communication happens. I think this way of communicating is very interesting, it's very innovative. Never before people have used a photograph to say so much about themselves. So then I thought, okay, maybe I can make of my own writing something visual. I should start photographing my notebooks and see how people react to it. And now that I had been able to incorporate it to my work, I feel that I can be more honest with my audience and I can
1: um, fulfill the message I want to convey. From before to after meeting with Gucci, what changed in both your life and in your work?
4: Let me tell you a really funny comment I read on my Instagram yesterday evening. There is this girl who I don't know who comments, you are just so lucky to get paid so much money for the worst handwriting ever. You are an inspiration for so many artists. And I love this kind of um, comments because what she's saying is actually true, (laughs) she's criticizing me, but at the same time, she's saying, she's amused and would like to be in the same place. If you ask me where my writings come from, I'll say there are a few sources. Most of them just come from a really sentimental place, um, my most human reaction to how I feel about certain subjects. Others are a little bit more analyzed and thought of, I put more time on them. My favorites tend to be the very sentimental and intense ones. I get very inspired by my everyday. A conversation with a friend can be very meaningful and can lead to um, new writing or painting or a photograph. Uh, And reading is really important for me as well. Most of my references come from literature. Most of my photograph, are words I have thought of while I was reading. I love to read a
1: book and think, how will this look visually? It's always very inspiring to listen to an artist's words. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Now here with me, I have John Yui, an artist that collaborated on the Gucci memes. She has such an extraordinary and extremely fascinating story that's an integral part of her art. Every artist references their life and their art, but she is surely one of those artists who have used art to heal. Can you tell us how the TFW Gucci, that's Feel When Gucci Project, came to be? Thank you for
5: having me for this interview. I'm really happy to talk. So the first time I do the collaboration with Gucci is for that feel when Gucci project. It's a main project. So it's interesting because Gucci found me on Instagram and this is a project for Instagram. I try to bring out that we post our selfie, our life on social media and put all the elements like hashtag and tag and post on face, just pretending the face is also your social media, and then you repost on your Instagram. So people can see it's like a cycle.
1: Can you tell us your story?
5: So my personal life and my career is kind of different from like normal people because it's all mixed together. I think it happened to a few people in this generation cause I get my idea actually from all my daily life observation. So John Yui is an artist and also it's a model, it's a photographer, it's a stylist, and it's also me. So I think a lot of people following me on Instagram, not just because my artwork, and also they're following my life. They're following my story, they following my live stream. It's kind of the things happening right now, like... Uh, If you're an artist, they also want to know what's
1: behind the artist. Can you tell me why you define yourself as addicted to the internet? So,
5: yeah, this addicted to internet is just like a new mental anxiety bipolar of 2018. Because... This addiction, I think, happened to a lot of people. But for me, like once I read the artist, she said her escape is keep doing art. And me, probably my escape from life is keep doing art and also keep posting (laughs) on social media. I will feel anxiety and I will feel anxious, nervous when I'm not doing something. I will feel guilty that I'm not doing something. The thing is, Instagram is quite like my platform to present my artwork. It's not just my private life. So
1: that's why it connected our time is up but thank you so much for following along with me
0: thanks for listening to our first gucci podcast all the music in this episode was arranged by steve mackey for our next episode maria Luisa frisa takes us on a discovery journey through the other rooms of the gucci garden and we speak to jade fish the San Francisco-based artist behind the playful mural that decorates two walls inside the gallery.